0: Welcome to the Breakthrough Factory, where the information age meets the industrial revolution. For more information, visit us at BreakthroughFactory.com. All right, everybody, I'm here with another of our team members I'm very excited to have with us, and that's Judy Reese, who's a specialist in helping virtual teams work better together through how they communicate. That's a fascinating Concept I'd never even thought about before we talked about this. So Judy, tell us a little bit about what that is.
1: It's really interesting that people in large organizations where you're working face to face in an office, they don't think twice about going for a team building day or going for drinks or going bowling with the rest of their team, that kind of thing. It's automatic you do that sort of thing when you're managing a team who work in the same building. And these days, so many of us spend our time working with people who we don't actually meet. And yet we don't put any energy into getting that team working the way it really can. For example, one team I work with, they're spread out all the way from Bosnia to Guatemala via a headquarters in Geneva. And the boss was so frustrated. He had this great team of people. They were accountants and logistics people. They had this great team of people, but it was like each of them was working in their own little bubble. And he was the only central point of contact. he was being driven mad by being a postman all day, passing messages from one person to another and deciding ridiculous levels of prioritization, that kind of thing. And we did this piece of uh, team building work with them. And it was like turning on the lights in the organization. All of a sudden, all these different people working in their own corners of the globe could see each other and talk to each other, communicate, exchange ideas, bounce stuff back and forth with each other, help each other the team came to life. It really energized and empowered how everybody was doing what they're doing. And that seems to be a typical experience from being trapped in your own little, well, back bedroom, as it might be, just working on your own. I've spent years and years as a freelance working away in my own little back bedroom with just the internet for company. Once you start to really connect with the other people that you're working with, That brings a really powerful new dimension to everything you do, because that's where the ideas come from. That's where the brilliance comes from. It's not just in your head. It's in the combination of you and the other people.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and you're talking about a lot more, too, than just language barrier, because when you're working with these people all over, obviously, some of them have lesser degrees of skill, maybe in the English language. But you're talking about a lot more than that, right?
1: Absolutely. Unfortunately, I'm no linguist. I, I can only speak English. But even when you've got English speakers all over the world, everybody thinks differently. A lot of the people on the Breakthrough Factory will, will have done a fair amount of personal development work. They know that not everybody has the same model of the world. When you're working in different parts of the world, though, that brings a you know, there's a whole new layer to it because the different environments that people in powerfully influence the way they think, different cultural conventions, all those kind of things, but also something as simple as, are they working? This is getting into the nitty-gritty of the kind of stuff I specialize in, so I'm on on my pet subject. (laughs) But have you ever noticed that your thinking changes Depending whether you're facing the wall or facing the window. Huh. The research has shown that if you're in a, you know, facing the wall type environment, you will think in a more closed way, a more black and white, more focused way. Then if you're facing the window and looking at the view, you're much more likely to have blue sky thinking. Huh. So that's why in a face to face team building environment, if you want people to do blue sky thinking, you take them off-site to a beautiful environment. Right. So some of my work is about how do you replicate those kind of conditions? Which bits of it can you replicate? And how can you make it work when we've only got the restrictions of technologies that we've got? At the moment, we can't teleport ourselves into each other's back bedrooms. So, <laughs> so what can we do? I've done loads of experiments with different ways of working with people. What we've found is that it changes the way that leadership has to happen. The truth is that leadership is changing anyway, to be less about command and control, less about giving orders, and much more about collaboration. Or well, part of the thing that's driving that change is virtual working. Because when you work with a team remote from each other, you have to have this kind of distributed leadership, you have to have individuals empowering themselves it simply doesn't work command and control believe me i've tried it and and it doesn't work
0: i know that exact case Uh, several years ago i put together a little team of people that i'd worked with previously from across the country to build an electronic instrument for a small company on the East Coast. And our main designer was living in the West Coast. He was one of these people that when I worked with him before, he would just talk and drink coffee all day and walk around talking to people in his cubicle. And somehow he would get stuff done. I think he just did it at night and he worked better at home. But the boss was one of these, the owner of the company was one of these real hands-on people. And he just was so nervous that this guy was not under his thumb that he demanded that he move there and work in the office. And it was just a nightmare because they were constantly struggling with each other, and and the guy was doing the same thing, walking around, talking to the technicians, and it was it was so much work for me just to keep the project moving ahead. And it was so much better when this guy just was able to work on his own. It's exactly like you're talking about. It, it sometimes it just doesn't work to have people in the same room. Sometimes they do work better virtually.
1: And we're at that technological point where the early adopters, so people like the guy you're talking about, he obviously enjoyed working from home. That suited his style of working. He'd be an early adopter. But these days, many more people who aren't naturally comfortable working remotely are finding themselves doing it and really having to master the skills. And it turns out there are some very specific skills that if you've got them, once you've learned them, it turns out that working remotely is easy. Until you have them, working remotely can be a very lonely very, and really quite frustrating experience. For me, I think, I'm all, I suppose I'm all about helping people to re- release their potential to do the brilliant work that they're capable of doing. Well, if people are sitting at home being lonely and frustrated, well, something's wrong. Let's get the tools into their hands. Let's get the stuff at their fingertips, which means they can do their brilliant work and get the results that they need.
0: Absolutely. And and I assume, too, this would work well. A lot of our people are going to be counselors or therapists that work over Skype or work over things like Zoom here. I assume the same would apply there, just helping your clients open up and maybe just tell them to look out the window or turn to the wall. How has it worked in those kind of cases?
1: I've been coaching over Skype for a scarily large number of years, and uh, when I first started, Skype didn't have video on ordinary calls. It was all audio, and people said, "Oh, you can't possibly do the style of coaching I do. It's based on a thing called clean language, which I wrote a book about." But people in the clean language world were saying, "Oh, you can't possibly do that kind of coaching over Skype because it's such a physical thing. It's all about the body." and the transfer of energy and that kind of Jedi energy thingy. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we quite quickly proved that not only could you do it, but in some cases it was actually better to do it audio only over Skype. Similarly, a few people I've worked with have been experimenting with doing tapping and those kind of processes over, over Skype and over remote forms. And, again, we can find that some of those processes can actually be better remote when you know how to make it work for you and for your clients it's difficult to say this without sounding woo woo but whatever is the energy that is transferred between a coach and a client operates on a non-local basis right we can be thousands of miles away and it still works and I, I, I don't yet know how that works, but I have some suspicions. <laughs> but either way it's exciting to know that it works and to start sharing well what is it that people are doing that makes it work? Makes it work at least as well as it seems to. Because again, that puts the power of coaching, counseling, and so forth, it it enables more people to access that than otherwise would be able to.
0: You're right. Once you start doing these sorts of things, as I put on these telesummits and the workshop that you were part of over in England, of all places, which is kind of crazy on my part, but it was a lot of fun. But when you start collaborating with people that are very niched in and are very tied into what you're doing all over the world, you are meeting with the early adopters and with the people that are really moving ahead. And the dynamics shift so much faster and the things that happen so much more quickly. So what you're talking about is is very important because you just have to be able to adapt and really move at a much faster pace. How has that played out in all the work you're doing? Because I know you're connecting with people, like you said, all around the globe.
1: Which is brilliant fun. It's interesting because most people learn coaching, therapy, counseling. Well, almost inevitably, people learn the bulk of that in face-to-face workshops. And <laughs> the key has been... Or how do I take what I've learned from the face-to-face workshop and put it into practice remotely? Or else, nowadays, they're learning it from video and they're missing out on a bit of the interactive practice part. Right. And both of those cases, people have found that just getting together on probably in a Facebook group to start with, then forming themselves into a practice group, some kind of club or that kind of thing, can really start things moving, start things cooking often that then leads to face-to-face encounters and conferences workshops all those kind of things but they're the results of the collaboration rather than the beginning, than beginning.
0: yes i know exactly what you mean and that, that's going to be an important element because that's one of the big features we do have as a mastermind group that we're putting together that we're all going to be part of like you say just learning to practice on each other work together collaborate the ideas are going to start flowing and yeah. Having your guidance and how to really accelerate that is going to be exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to to having some new people to play with.
0: <laughs> no, we're really happy to have you. And and we were just talking before we started the recording. This also plays in well with all these new technologies that are starting to emerge in social media. You mentioned Periscope, which is kind of a just talking to your mobile phone and broadcast yourself everywhere. And there's a new one I just looked at last night called Blab, which is Four people on a screen and so they're doing the collaborative thing and then the rest of the audience can sit there and type comments and, and listen to what they're saying and so we'll have to play with that one because I haven't even quite figured out how it all works but it was a lot of fun. I, I was up way later than I should have been because I got watching one and was just kind of fascinating with how it, it went but it was just a spur of the moment when they went from having a fantasy football get together to let's send it out to my email list and see how many people we can get on the midnight here. <laughs> And it was, it was quite fun. They even brought the founder of the whole Blab company, one of their founders came on and talked to him. So these tools are going to be more and more necessary, not just optional going forward.
1: Absolutely. It's very easy for people to get sort of mesmerized by the technology itself. And of course it is new exciting when you've got a new toy to play with. But the key thing about all these technologies is they do have similarities. I'm very, very ancient. And I remember the days when the UK ruled the world in terms of social media. We used to have a thing called Kix, C-I-X, which was a text-based social medium, chat medium, which worked before there was broadband. Do you remember when there used to be dial-up?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know, yeah <laughs> thing. thing. And, and we had this social medium that worked over dial-up.
0: Mm.
1: But the principles of that are exactly the same as the principles that you can see at work on Facebook, on Periscope or anything bang up to date. It's actually about connecting with real people, talking about the stuff that matters to them and enabling them to engage and be part of and making sure there's a, a two way or a multi way interaction. So it's not just one person talking and other people listening. The technology enables us to interact in real time. Let's do it.
0: It's kind of funny thinking that the, the UK would be the leader in social media because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that they would be the, the first people to... <laughs> Quite reserved in general. You know, once you get to know them, they open up. But uh, having spent some time over there, I know it's... <laughs> They're not Californians well, by any stretch.
1: Well, well possibly that, that's the answer, that we were only too pleased to be hiding behind text chat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably correcting each other's grammar and spelling the whole time, right? Well, of
1: course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be honest, Kix was never a mass medium in the UK, but it was one of the first social media in the world. It had a reasonable following.
0: Wow, I mean, there's so much to, to this. I, this is an exciting avenue. So I, I'm really glad that we've we've opened this this door up to having you as part of everything because it's you're you're right. This is how everything's moving and. Even our people might not think they're going to be using this right away, but almost immediately you'll probably be hiring somebody on Fiverr or one of these services to do a $5 job for you. And that's a big part is how to communicate because a lot of them are not native English speakers. And even we find, even our loved ones and our family and our closest people, half the time it's, what in the world? I thought we understood this, right? And it's just, where are they coming from? That's that's one of the mysteries of life is communication alone with the people we spend our whole lives with, much less those that we meet online for one time.
1: Unless you want to be a hermit, (laughs) not interacting with anybody else, this stuff is important. Communication, not just communicating at a very superficial level, but communicating at a deeper level and understanding how the other person is thinking, what's important to them and all those kind of things. The more we pay attention, the more we can notice. That's one of my big things is teaching people to pay attention to different things, perhaps things they haven't already noticed. For example, if somebody is saying, oh, I can't possibly just do a coaching session over audio, just drawing their attention to the kind of things that they hadn't noticed they were noticing. For example, what have they noticed about my voice during this call so far? What are my idiosyncrasies? That kind of thing. Once you can start paying attention to those kind of things, you take your listening to another level. Then I get on my other hobby horse around metaphor. Human beings use about six metaphors per minute Hmm. because we think at an unconscious level, we think in metaphor. Well, one of the things I teach my students to do is notice those metaphors. And when you can notice those metaphors so you understand the structure of how the person is thinking at a deep level. And you can respond very quickly in the same style. It actually starts to sound like you understand the person on this really, really profound, deep level. At one level, it's trick, but actually, it could be really handy because it enables you to pick out where things are likely to go wrong or, or where you can support them to go righter.
0: So, it's a much cheaper way of building rapport than we're taught in standard sales training to cross your arms when they cross their arms and cross your legs when they do that, <laughs> mirroring or whatever it's it, you're you're talking about really getting to a fundamental level of of connection yes. and building rapport
1: Yes, No, I've got my own opinions on that whole crossing your arms and crossing your legs <laughs> thing, <laughs> don't get me
0: started. <laughs> Well, that's probably um, from the I, 1900s or something. Stuff is carried over from copying wait,
1: things. Yeah. Well, I wish we were recording this on video because I could show you something. But Let me try and explain it. One of the things you can notice is where people gesture when they're talking about things. So if, say, I gesture to my right, so I use my right hand to gesture above my right shoulder, when I'm talking about, oh, well, let's say I'm talking about the metaphors in my thinking. Hmm. I make a sort of circular gesture above my right shoulder. i am It's as if I'm putting my thoughts in that specific location. The old-fashioned guys would say, in order to build rapport with me, what you should do is gesture with your right hand <laughs> to your right shoulder. But that's just wrong. Yeah. The thing I'm talking about is on top of my right shoulder. So why would you? One of my students once said, it's as if. We all agree to treat our imaginary friends as real. Hmm. (laughs) And I think that that really is a really effective way of building rapport with people. If you follow their gestures, notice where they are putting the stuff they're talking about and thinking about, and you look at it as if it really was there, it's a very profound way of building rapport. Hmm want to play with particularly if you're using video conferencing over the internet it's uh it's a really interesting can we do it's one of my current areas of experimentation can we make this work over video conference
0: okay well maybe we'll have to do uh have you show us that in a video session go more deeply into that that'd be a lot of fun
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i fear that didn't make much sense if you couldn't see video but let's hope
0: <laughs> i think it would be fun we'll, we'll look at doing that maybe one of the sessions we have with have you go into more detail on that where we can we can see what you're doing because it it does make a lot of sense i guess that relates to nlp and things like that where the different parts of the brain are processing so if your eyes are moving one direction versus the other is that kind of where that comes from
1: i don't think it comes from there it's from the clean language thing which is a sort of second cousin of nlp so clean language comes from nlp so that level yes it comes from there but what clean language coaches do is pay very exquisite attention to this particular individual in front of them. And as far as possible, work only with that in a very simple question set. So they're not trying to fix, they're not trying to change the person in front of them. They're just helping that person to understand how they're thinking. Mm -hmm. So nowadays, clean language is used as an academic research tool because it doesn't color. Or as far as it's possible to not color the research by bias, clean language doesn't what that's resulted in is a group of coaches and indeed researchers now who are just observing and when they observe and and they've observed some really interesting stuff by now in the last 12-15 years that this stuff has been really out there and this thing about physical space and, and psychological space and how does that compare to the NLP model of matching and mirroring is one of those things that's been derived from the observation
0: hmm. Okay. But one thing that just comes to mind, I'll have to get you on with Helena Summer, who's one of our team members, who's a dating and relationship expert. So that would be fun to have you and her talk about the the eternal problem of men and women communicating with each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be fun. (laughs) And when it comes to to virtual relationships, full disclosure, I, I met my husband online and we fell in love on the phone. So before we then found a way to meet even though we were nearly well 500 odd miles apart we found a way to meet within 24 hours we knew we were in love before we even met um before we even saw video of each other because it was back in the days when skype didn't have video (laughs)
0: well i know the challenge because right after i met you at the workshop in the uk i think it was three years ago a little over three years ago now i ended up meeting uh, a lady in the uk (laughs) on On that trip, actually, I actually had met her right before that to help promote the workshop. But we ended up going together for a couple of years and across the Atlantic relationship, which involved a lot of Skyping and FaceTime and, mm. and strangeness. So uh, I can relate. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think there's, there's probably a whole. Well, I'm sure there is another level to building relationships remotely when it comes to when it comes to romantic relationships, because they're supposed to be a physical element.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
1: So it's more than just a, an energetic connection that's required, perhaps.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it does make for a very different experience. And plus, we were two people, as they say, what two people divided by a common language, English and Americans. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's a whole other subject.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can we're gonna have a lot of fun with you. I was <laughs> Well, is there anything else you want to add as we wrap up here? I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what you're going to be bringing to us, but anything else you can think of to top off?
1: We've covered a lot of ground in a very few minutes, and uh, I'm hoping it's making sense to someone who's going to listen to it. But And I think that's one of the things that I suppose if I've got one sort of message I keep on repeating these days is whenever you're working remotely, if you can find a way to have an interactive channel, if we could find a way while we were having this conversation live, to have people be able to submit questions in real time or something like that, it makes an enormous difference. I'm working with a team of sales professionals. Their problem is when they do live presentations, none of these guys ever delivers the same presentation from one time to the next. Mm -hmm. But then they're told, oh, we've got to do the presentations. We've got to do it over video conference. And one of them said to me the other day, it said, I am told to deliver this over video conference and I am not given the tools to do my job. When I do a live presentation, I am constantly scanning the room for information. I'm looking for interaction. I'm looking for where people's eyes are, all these indicators of attention. Sure. And I'm sure. being told to do video presentations with none of that. And I think he's absolutely spot on. It's not fair to expect people to just sit there and spout. Right. And expect them to make a sale. If you can figure out a way of getting any kind of return path for your information, grab it with both hands. Always look for that interactivity and it's going to make a powerful difference to anything you're going to do. My hot tip for anyone who wanted one.
0: Well, no, you're, you're right on the cutting edge because that's exactly where things are moving. That's, and that's so important because it is, it's tough to talk into a camera even by yourself trying to create a product. It's so much easier when you can just interact and you can kind of feel if I'm moving off track or I'm losing them or, or as you're just blabbing into a empty room, you, you have no idea when you they've tuned out five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, apparently there's some ridiculous proportion well over 50% of people have been to the lavatory while on a conference call. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'll change with Periscope and all this. <laughs> 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 Thanks. It's been great having this short chat. And I think we just whetted people's appetites. You've given, thrown out so many things that are going to get people's minds spinning. I they've already got minds spinning, I know. So looking forward to what's going to be coming in the days ahead. Thank you.
1: Looking forward to it. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for joining us in the Breakthrough Factory. You'll find much more at BreakthroughFactory.com.